da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. We are back in the studio for our Star Wars extravaganza palooza. Oh, Rama. Oh, Rama. Pro-Am. Jamboree, the third. Fun run. And we are talking Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Extravapalooza. This is your favorite one, something, Brian, something I, if I don't, I'm not mistaken. Of, of the prequels, yes. He likes melting. Really? He's super into melting. Yeah, of the prequels, prequels, this is my favorite one. Well, little sure. known fact, he actually left his best friend from high school for dead in a lava field, you know, having cut off several <laughs> of his appendages, so it really struck <laughs> Spoilers, <out>. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here, and we are, the three of us here, Richard, Brian, Kent, and we're with our friend Jason, Woo. who is joining us again. Right. We tried as to kick him Star out. As many Star Wars episodes just, as we do, he will join go. us. Yeah. Lost my keys. Can't go home. <laughs> so I appreciate those of you who have listened to our Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones episodes, which has led you to here, in which we are on Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. This movie comes as part of the prequel trilogy of the Star Wars franchise. It falls in between Attack of the Clones and Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. And really, the point of this movie is to, I guess, establish or show us the final transformation of Anakin to Darth Vader and what events led to that happening. Uh-huh. I guess that's the whole point of the prequel trilogy uh, in and of yeah. itself. So this is sort of the, I guess, the culmination of everything we've had to suffer through in the first couple prequel movies. And uh, hopefully it all comes uh, together at the end and, and we understand why things happened the way they did, and hopefully maybe even after this movie that the regular trilogy will make more sense because yeah. it will shed some light uh, on more of the things that happened that were just referenced in the original trilogy. So we're going to start this off, by the way, we start off every episode with original and general thoughts. Um, not much to spoil here. We know Anakin becomes Darth Vader. That's been established. Everyone knows that. So that, that's really the only thing we can spoil, I guess, yeah. um, at this point. So... Richard actually likes this movie, uh, Revenge of the Sith, and actually had some thoughts prepared uh, for it. So I guess well, we can prepared start- is a long. Yeah. <laughs> we could start with you and uh, give us general thoughts on Revenge of the Sith, but uh, we're going to try and keep this around an hour long today because we're still going to talk about Empire Strikes Back <laughs> as well as Return of the Jedi, which those episodes will be posted at a later date. So look out for those. Uh, but. We will have other thoughts on Star Wars that we will get to at a later date. So we're not keeping it down to an hour. We're just trying to make it a little more concise for the people that listen to this uh, binging. Sure. So, so <clears throat> my thoughts on Revenge of the Sith. I, I saw Phantom Menace as a kid in the theater. Mm-hmm. And then I did not see Attack of the Clones in the theater. I saw it on DVD. And then I saw this one again in the theater as like a 19-year-old, I guess, 18 or 19. When did it come out? 04? 04, So 17-year-old, yeah. I guess. Um. So well over the PG thirteen limit. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Because so otherwise, I, out. I'm. I follow the rules, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I follow the rules. Uh. So, I don't plan on running for president anytime in the next six years. <laughs> so, the. Uh, but I rent a car every day. But they. So I kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I think I hit this at a perfect time, being like a seven, Kent, Kent you're a year younger than me, but mm-hmm. I don't know, it's such a um, kind of like violent and action-packed movie. For like adolescent boys, this movie kind of rules. 
in a lot of ways. And what I will say about this one that cannot be said for the first two in this prequel trilogy is that stuff happens in this movie. Things come to a head. And Mm -hmm. whether or not those things are agreeable logically or fits things, stupid things like narrative structure, (laughs) um, that's pointless. It's cool in a lot of parts of this movie. And the acting's really bad. But it's definitely the best Christensen performance uh, of the two films he's in. Um, but, uh, yeah, things happen. And, and the the kind of transition at the end... C- c- Brian, you said um, weeks ago when we recorded the Phantom Menace podcast. <laughs> oh, wait. That was three hours ago? <laughs> Holy crap. No. Um, you said about Phantom Menace where it was bad the whole time, but you, the last few minutes were cool. Right. And so you come out of it on kind of a high. Yeah. Like the way this ties in at the end of the original trilogy... It, it put a positive taste in my mouth, and I I like so I I like this movie fine. It's one of the better yeah I, blockbuster. I mean, it's better than a lot of stuff that came out during that time. Yeah. I think it, this movie comes out as the first of a new trilogy, or as just like a standalone. Hey, we're going to explain the origin of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Then it would be. Uh, very well regarded in in all circles, and, and myself included, it would be you know maybe even like an A minus or a. I mean, it's it's a solid, um, decent blockbuster. I think that this one suffers from the stink of Episode Two, One and Two, where you just go. And, I know. I remember going in just thinking, this was the first Star Wars movie. Hopefully, the last Star Wars movie where I was not excited about going to see the movie. I just wanted it to be done. I just wanted to go in. Yeah see how it wraps up and be be done with it and um and then was you know fairly pleasantly surprised that oh you know that this one turned out to be an okay movie um i think that if it had had something of substance to back it up then it would have been very well received and and maybe even um i think there's still a clear differentiation between this and the trilogy, the original trilogy, in sure. terms of quality. But I, if this was the, it's a poorly built bridge, but it's a, yeah. it's, it's a, a bridge decent nonetheless. Bridge. Sure. Yeah. yeah, totally. You can walk across. Yeah, it. Mm. Um, don't drive a car. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But it had been, uh, it probably been. I know I saw this twice in theaters, and may, I probably, I, I would guess that I've watched it once, maybe twice on on DVD. But it's been a really long time since I have. So I, I watched it last night, and then some this morning, and. Um, and it, there's good parts. There's a solid yeah. foundation there. Um, I still, you know, there's it get, and it, and it gets better as it goes. The 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 last 45 minutes I think are better than the previous 45 minutes. And it, you know, it goes to some interesting places. It, it's still one that you wish, man, somebody could have written the script. And man, if somebody could have mm-hmm. said, hey, dude, we got to have some practical effects in here. And and all that kind of stuff. But overall, I think it's far and away the best of the prequels. And if you said, if someone said, uh, like, Attack of the Clones is my favorite Star Wars movie ever, like in any, I would attack them, obviously, and brutally murder them. But um, No jury would convict. No, yeah, absolutely. The defense would just play the yeah. movie and then play Empire, <laughs> and that would be right. it. Right. But if someone said uh, Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie, I'd be like... I mean, you're wrong, but that's fine. You know, I get it. It's not an egregious. You'd, you'd ask if they are now 18 years right. old. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's there's decent. There's some solid parts, and I think it's a, I think it's a solid movie as is. It's definitely still having a good director and or a good screenwriter. You could I make agree. it a, a much a far better movie, but it's uh, but it's fine as as it is. I think. Jason. Um, 
Yeah, I, I generally uh, agree with that quite a bit. I'll, I'll take what Brian said and, and flip it. Uh, I don't think it needed strong backing. I just think it needed better setup. Sure. Um, it, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I forget how you phrased it, Richard, but brilliantly, <laughs> it was it was brilliant. It's better than I can phrase it. But you have a movie that's paying everything off, and. Uh, the debate comes in. I think I phrase it as stuff happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah, stuff happens. So, well, but Oscar Wilde over here. What I was thinking about <laughs> is is how it does. It, it pays a lot of things off, and it pays it off pretty well. And it makes me kind of lament that the setups were so bad. You know, you have you have Hayden Christensen finally turn. I remember uh, when I saw it in the theater, um, being actually actually uh, affected by the scene where he steps into the room with all the younglings and they're like, what are we supposed to do? And then he ignites his lightsaber and we cut to something else. Like when he goes dark, he goes dark. Right. And it's amazing. But then it just makes me think of, I don't, I don't know that we set up that he would turn dark. I, I don't know that we set up well enough. Yeah, he goes from petulant to pure evil yes, with God. no yeah. he goes bridge from, between those two He goes things. from angst to sociopath. Yeah. yeah. And, and I either need, this is going to sound awful, but I know you'll understand, I either need to see him torturing animals in uh, uh, Phantom Menace, so it's like, oh, okay, they yeah. should have yeah. seen this coming. Yeah. Or I need to yeah. see a little better, I need to see something More that's transition. not. Yeah. yeah, I don't need to see angst, because yeah. angst doesn't Because now I hate every angsty cheerleader, because I, right. I hate cheerleader angsty teenager because right. I think they're going to murder me. Right. Exactly. You're, they're you're going to kill all the children. For, you're asking for Voldemort is what you're... Cause, yeah, cause I need that, to... Kent doesn't understand, but... You know, the, you, you, the they do this kind that. of storyline in better in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah you definitely. Need to, oh, yeah. You need to... Um, Hayden Christensen's my main character. He's the main character of the... Uh, theoretically, the main character of, of clones and... Um, Sith. Revenge, yeah, and Sith. Uh, so... My job as a filmmaker is he's got to be sympathetic. You know, I, on some level, he's got to be sympathetic. So if he's going to turn to the dark side, I want to, as, a, as an audience goer, I need to be affected by that. I need to feel that on, on some you level. You need to not want him to be evil. Yeah, I need to, I need <laughs> I to either. I care if he was evil or not. Yeah, yeah I need to either be <laughs> mad that he turned evil or understand why, or yeah. maybe a little bit of both. Well, and, part of that's the construction, too. Like, yeah. you know he ends up evil. So it's hard to be right. affected totally. by that totally. when in your brain you, exactly. he already is. So then maybe I just need to be sympathetic. To, yeah. Sympathetic. You know what? In that same situation, sure. I get it. Uh, and, and again, I don't want to just completely dump on this like this one like the other two because it, it is it is better. It is definitively better. It has some some better moments, some better high points mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but I think it, it's it's just a little sad that we finally get some payoff and it's really, really nice. But the setup was so lacking that it, it makes me wonder if you if you take clones and you take uh, Phantom Menace and you combine those into one movie, yeah, and then you have a second movie where you actually see the Clone Wars because it's weird to me that right. Grievous shows up out of nowhere. Yes, that's terrible. We we basically start at the the climax of the Clone Wars, the encounter with Dooku, um, and we're introducing like this whole new. All of this backstory that doesn't exist in the previous two movies are absolutely vital right. to carrying the plot of the third. Yeah, there's there. Lucas has said um, in some of the behind the scenes stuff for, uh, I think it's Revenge of the Sith when he's thinking about General Grievous and what General Grievous is going to be. Um, he says he doesn't know what he is, what he, if he's a droid or if he's a human. Ugh. 
Lucas and that, doesn't and know or Grievous Lucas doesn't Lucas didn't know. Oh. He had written the whole movie and didn't know what character, what this character was until he saw it, you know, kind of thing. And so he had all his creature designers mm. give That's it, what you, you know, everybody, you know, all 40 of you each give me one idea and then we'll narrow it down uh, here's from there. Here's the script. Um, so it's like in his mind, I know this doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but Anakin has to fight somebody between this scene and this scene. So yeah. who's it going to be? Oh, okay, this guy, maybe he can be the leader of the droid army. Okay. General Grievous. Okay. You know, yeah. it, it was like, it was shoehorned in, like, like yeah. what, as if that's what you would expect. So that's the way it has right. to be. Yeah. Um, and so, it's, it's covered some in that Clone Wars, that cartoon series. Covered a lot. But if you didn't watch <laughs> that series, well, Most then, of that series came out after. Right. After, after Sith, because they had two different ones. Yeah. And the, the right. one that's better where they really explore it, I don't even think started until. Right. There was a Cartoon Network version in between there that yeah. was, um. I remember I watched a couple episodes just to get a, like what's happening here, you know. But um, but to have that be a major, it does. It, it again shows, and we talked about this with episode two, with the you want to see that camaraderie between Obi Wan mm-hmm. and Anakin, yeah. and we don't get any of that. And in this one, it's we don't get any of the Clone Wars. We're just hopping into. <laughs> but the, he was a great friend. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Well, we don't. Just an we don't care choice. about General say what you want, but he burned. He was excellent, <laughs> Kindly. Yeah. yeah, we don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that got me. <laughs> uh, we, we've got this major. We got a big bad, right. and General Grievous, and we don't have any backstory on. Yeah, you don't know why he matters. Him, I will admit, I love the design of General Grievous. I like him, and too. he's one of my favorite villains in Star Wars. I yeah. think it's a great design, but it it always it bothers me because it yeah. speaks to the issues of how he handled the force in the prequels it bothers me that he's able to to wield lightsabers and be and it bothers me that good. he has like a cough like how yeah. can a robot have a cough because just, like, Lucas he's a cyborg Lucas. yeah, yeah. Oh, I had, yeah he does half last, human last yeah last night when i was watching the the episode i had to go i had to go research it which i'd never had to do with anything i can you know you can get further into star wars stuff if you go research but for that i was like i got to know i have no clue where this guy came from or what it well, what he is, but he's a cyborg. So yeah. he's got and one of the things I just read said at some point, maybe in the Clone Wars series, he had a fight with Mace Windu and it affected his human parts or whatever. But yeah. um but I don't know. It's a he's a very cool looking. I always like the reveal guy. of him in the cloak and everything yeah. and then yeah. like the, he opens the, the cloak and he's got like multiple arms with a lightsaber on each arm and they spin around. I thought that was really have cool. Have you seen uh, any of the Clone Wars, the second series? The I have I have only seen the first series that came out like in 03. It was like a movie. Yeah. Okay, the one I think it was like joint. a movie. I saw yeah. that one and I've seen Rebels. I haven't seen the Clone There's Wars. There's so. a really cool Grievous scene like in the first or second where he's fighting some petulant Jedi. And uh, this is why I like Grievous. It's just this cool moment where they're in this duel, and if you envision it, this Jedi, I think he has two lightsabers, and Grievous has a couple at that time, and it kind of feels like the Jedi might be getting the edge. And Grievous gets him to block high, like he swings, Mm -hmm. and this Jedi's got both his arms up with that. And then with one of his other remaining arms, Grievous pulls out a blaster and shoots him in the gut like five times. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's one of those, well, of course he does. He has four arms and he's not a Jedi, so why would he not do that? Yeah. So, like, there's some great design with that character. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it was used the way it was. Yeah. I mean, it gets a lot of criticism, too, because like we talked about in, in previous episodes And he looks here. great. Animation-wise, he looks pretty yeah, great. Right. It's, it's, it's such a bastardization yeah. of what the original sword fighting was in Star Wars, and that's yeah. why 
it's so jarring to see <laughs> Darth Maul backflipping and all this like great yeah. fighting. It's just like you're so used to okay, Luke fighting, you know, Darth Vader or Obi Wan fighting Darth Vader, and then we see like robot with spinning lightsabers. Like yeah. it's just like the it takes it to the most crazy extreme as you could possibly go it went for from, a villain. It went from fencing in the original trilogy to parkour and It went phantom. from having a musket to an automatic assault rifle, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And it uh, it's crazy. So to, so to button that up, for uh, at least on my, my opening thoughts on it, is... Uh, it's definitely the best. I think its setup was was pretty lousy, but yeah, I think if you combine the first two movies and spend yeah. uh, that second movie giving us Clone Wars and actually showing Anakin, give me more than angst. Give me yeah. more than angst and bring in Grievous. I, I think you've really got something special in Revenge of the Sith. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. What? Why can't we get a more a better bridge between Dooku and Grievous. Couldn't Grievous just be the one character? Do we even need Count Dooku at this point? Or is no. that just another villain to throw onto the pile? Well, I, I think he just had to wrap it up because he escapes in episode one or episode two. And I guess he, it does give you a moment of, that's the first real moment of Anakin giving into what, uh, Palpatine. Yeah. No, Dooku. Tells him to do. Yeah, and Dooku was a powerful Jedi, and so nobody, everyone was in denial that Dooku could have been evil. Right. Yeah, you know, like not, not Count Dooku. Yeah. He's the highest order of Jedi. Like right. surely right. not. He wouldn't, you know. And then it's Anakin or Obi Wan saying, "No, I saw him do this," or right. or whatever. Right. Uh, some really freaking dark stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. This is my favorite of the of the mm-hmm. prequels. Um, there's. Suffice to say, I know this is his hot sports opinion. There's some good stuff in this movie. Yeah, not like, not not totally. just okay. There's some good moments in this and uh, stuff that you know makes you happy. Uh, being a fan of the original trilogy, um, but the thing is, a lot of younger fans, a lot of fans that wouldn't even watch the original trilogy because it's it's old, you know, uh, like this one the most, and that interests me because. This one the most I feel like is more for us than it is for them. I feel like the episode one, episode two is more for the new people. This is more for hey, this is how that stuff happened in sure. the movies you Solid used to connects, like. This is right. the most yeah has the most nostalgia involved in all all the other ones. Why do you think they would like it the most? Just because it's the most messed up one, or is it, is it the end? Or I, can I go ahead? I just think it's because it's no it's, Jar Jar. Yeah, <laughs> I just think it's because it's a decently well put together. It's just movie. better. Yeah, it's just a better yeah. quality film, I think, than I, the other I, two. That's all I was going to say. Is yeah. I wonder if I wonder if we can just speak to it's a good movie. 
forget the rest. It's actually a good movie, and, and whether they realize it or not, we, we gravitate to quality. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I can't argue with that. So where should we begin with breaking this down, I guess? Where, where does your mind go when you first think of uh, Revenge of the Sith? What's the first... <laughs> I see Anakin's lightsaber ignite when the younglings say, yeah. you know, are you yeah. here to help us or whatever they say? And he light, goes to the lightsaber. He takes two steps and we cut away. And you have that moment as a viewer of he just murdered children. Yeah. It's a powerful, powerful moment, I, man. I think that's – it just took so much of this to the extreme, like I said yeah. Yeah. before. Yeah. It's taking the villain to the extreme. But, I mean, murdering – first of all, we didn't talk about it before, but it's established in Attack of the Clones – that there are these like schools for yeah, the Jedi academy. school. I think this is mm-hmm. dumbest. <laughs> oh, you're academy. Oh, you're a year old and you have oh high midichlorian count. Oh, well, you're going to go into this like <laughs> basically be a slave to well, us I, for the rest of. I, your I life. What, like that stuff. I believe be what happens is if their midichlorian count is high enough when they turn five, an owl shows up with a letter <laughs> giving them admittance into the uh, academy. That is very similar. And riz- right. Wizardry. I yeah. wonder if uh, if Harry Potter didn't exist, would the Jedi Academy be a thing or not? <laughs> that was a uh, culmination of that, or uh, Jedi Academy? I think it was in the lore before. I know there's a ton of, of books and stuff like that. On in fact, that. I know it was because I was playing. Uh, I was playing Jedi Academy uh, in college, and sadly, I was out of college before. <laughs> Uh, Sith came out, so I know it's been a part of the expanded for a little while. The idea of yeah, someone some somewhere along the line, somebody asked, "Well, how did Jedi learn to be Jedi?" And uh, I guess it was decided upon that it was not a mentorship program; it was a school. Yeah, yeah. Maybe something I don't agree with about the entire prequel trilogy is that is the emphasis on the Senate and yeah. It's, and a, it's about too many things. To me, Star Wars was just more about rebels doing rebellious things and like every man for themselves kind of thing. There was way less order to the entire universe that they're living in. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, to me, it's just like a giant version of the United States, like just in space, because there's a yeah. government and all that. Like, yeah. That, and that stuff's not interesting. And why? Yeah. Why would you? Why would they think we were making three more Star Wars movies? Let's make them way more political than the last ones. Yeah. Like, it's not. No. It's not well done. And I. And I. I think that's part of what. I think this next film, Force Awakens, is avoiding that stuff by mm-hmm. by jumping so far ahead. You know, thirty years past Revenge of the Jedi. We're going to Return of the Jedi. Excuse me. We're going to kind of avoid. The setting up of a new government and jump yeah. straight into well, the new government's kind of falling apart already. So they do it how in the do book. we? Yeah, yeah. The, the and, book I read actually talks a lot okay. about the formation of the new government and just what, how much of the events have to do with what is decided in the Senate, and less about no, this guy came in and shot my friend in the face, and now we have to go <laughs> freaking kill him. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, it's interesting. You, you say there are political. Uh, there's there's political motivations to almost all this, and that's. Yeah. Yeah, it's really stupid. Well, and you look at the uh, you look at the original trilogy, and we get sort of a big story, but we don't tell a big story. We tell a small story. We just follow these handful of dudes, and then by the time you get to Jedi, it's well, here's specifically what these dudes were doing, and we just take mm-hmm. for granted that many Bothan spies died to bring us this information. We know they've built a second Star Destroyer. We know the Emperor's on it. If we can blow that thing up. Death Star. Oh, Death Star. I'm sorry. What did I say? Star Destroyer. That's weird. Uh, we know if we can blow that thing up, 
we can kill the emperor and that might shut this thing down. So while it's a big story, it's actually it's small in the telling because we're just following. Yeah. Forest Moon of Endor, take down the shield, get the start, get the ships in there to blow up the Death Star, and then Luke's, you know, ultimate conflict with with Vader. Whereas in the prequels, Kent, to what you were saying, mm-hmm. Lucas wasn't content with many Bothan spies died to get us this information. Luke wanted to tell. Oh, I'm sorry. Lucas wanted to tell. Um, well, how did the Emperor rise to power? Well, let me show you all nine stages of the power graph. Right. Why, why can't we just have a he murdered uh, – everybody knows behind the scenes he murdered this person to take his position. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one line of exposition, you know, as, right. we, as we watch his climb, but he wanted to tell all of it. Yeah. You know, it, he agree. didn't want to tell like a small story. None of this is a small story uh, or, or a small a segment of the story. He wants to show everything. He wants to show right. Anakin young. He wants to show Anakin dating Padme. He wants to show Anakin with Padme. He wants to show the senator's rise to power. He wants to show the time when we didn't know he was the emperor. We want right. to see everything he wants to show. But something that the original trilogy did better is, well, that's happening. Right. But we're going to show you. We're just going to be on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. That's that's what we're going to do. We're going to hang out on the Falcon and tell you this other stuff happened. Yeah. I mean, that's prime example. Uh, in Episode Four, A New Hope, when they set that whole thing up, and Grand Moff Tarkin walks into a room and says, "The Imperial Senate just got disbanded." Yeah. You can make whatever decision he wants now. Okay. Then the Senate will never let you do that. Do. The okay. Senate has been dissolved. Yeah. That's yeah. it, and it's over. Exactly. And that yeah. would have been six exactly. movies. Exactly. <laughs> And that's episode two. Let's mm-hmm. move on. Yeah, yeah. There, I just felt like there that that held him into such a. Well, what did the Senate say about this? Right. You know, the, the whole uh, time, and right. it's just very boring. And yeah, it's the same as the Trade Federation stuff. It's just yeah. way too much time spent on stuff that no one cares about, let alone the audience for this. Yeah, for we, this, we've movie, got a, We've know? got an A story and a B story in each of these things, but. They don't have enough time to be a full story because right. we got to worry about the C D E F G H I stories right. that he's right. he's trying to hit us with. No, I completely agree, and I'm glad to get your thoughts on that. Uh, so, Revenge of the Sith, we find out some disturbing things about Anakin. Um, one of the main things we find out is that Padme's children are born, but she dies in childbirth. Um, I guess this confirms that Padme was the mm-hmm. mother of Luke and Leia. Right. Yeah. Was that something that we knew, or was this, did this um, come as a yeah, surprise? Yeah, I think we knew it. We had to know it. We had to know that Anakin... Anakin only... We didn't has... know that Anakin ends up with Padme, though. That's something yeah. we did not... Yeah, they get know. married at the very tail end of episode two. Right. Well, we... I guess... Yes, I feel like I went into the films knowing. Yeah, I did too. Completely, because we have the "I am your father," and from stage one, he's only with you know he only has one special lady friend. Right. He could have broken it off with Padme um, here and just popped out right. a few kids with some space whore with yeah. a cute <laughs> side piece. Yeah, <laughs> some space side piece, some galactic side piece. <laughs> no. Ah, I got this tweet like dancer on Tatooine. I see from time to time. So that that's what we get. And so I guess that's more than the death of his mother in Attack of the Clones that he wasn't wasn't able to stop. I think more of this, the fact that he can and wants to stop the death of his wife, right. girl, yeah. friend, yeah. Uh, spawns him to make the decisions he makes to become right. a Sith. I think they could have made that stronger, though, still. Yeah. Still, it I, comes to pay off you know, some setups. I think... 
And having, that might be because Hayden and the script wouldn't right. allow it. But this rewatch, I felt like uh, McDermott. Whatever, I can't ever say that guy's name. McDermott. Yeah. I always want to say McDiarmid. Dylan McDermott. Letters. I think it's Dermot Mulroney. Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> I think I think Dermot Mulroney. He was a very really charming. Job yeah. Of selling the come on, come to my side sort of thing. And then Hayden's just kind of a black wall. What do you mean? Like, it's yeah. like Keanu Reeves op- acting yeah. opera opposite of Gary Oldman in Dracula. Yes, yeah, totally. I thought that this set, this time around, I felt like the the setup was okay on the on the evil side, but the how Anakin is getting to that point was pretty, was pretty weak. Yeah. Um, for me, that actually worked well. The whole death of the um, wife scenario and how that would be something that would, yeah, the premonitions put, and stuff, um, yeah. spark you, um, yeah, I, into I, that. I think it works. It, it works the best of anything in the series. It's the best thing you know? about the series, and yeah. the best thing really about this movie. And I wanted to save this for a little bit later, but um, is actually the the interaction between um, Emperor Palpatine and Anakin. The relationship that's built here is great. Yeah. And it's some of the best and more interesting stuff that we get in the series. And sort of uh, Palpatine or Darth Sidious or whatever you want to call him, his ability to persuade Anakin into believing how he believes or seeing his point of view mm-hmm. is key in, in this whole thing. Uh, it's really his whole plan uh, in order to take to make Anakin his apprentice in the new Darth Maul or whatever, however you want to call it. Um, I think the scene, it's just a lot of dialogue between the two, but it's actually interesting dialogue. Unlike the stuff between Padme and Anakin and the stuff between the Senate and Padme and all that bull crap and the others, the, yeah. the dialogue between uh, Sidious and Anakin, when Sidious is giving the parable or story of Darth Plagueis and he talks about how his mother died, but he was able to prevent the death of his mother because he learned he was such a high you know, yeah. order in the, in the, uh, with the force and uh and anakin says how do i learn this power yeah uh and he says not from a jedi you know and that leads into the whole him becoming a sith right but i think that whole story is so well written it's weird yeah. to say that but it's so it's as if george lucas had that scene in his mind and is like, all right, I'm going to make three movies. And like everything was leading up to that one scene yeah. where it, it means everything. And the execution is great. And um, right then is where you say, oh, now I get why he's Darth Vader, why he would become Darth Vader from Anakin and all that. But but imagine if he starts that in episode two. Yeah. You know, you, you see, it's a bigger progression. Yeah. Well, uh, go with me here. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But you start having these little moments where Anakin's wandering around in episode two once we actually have like relationship established and he keeps getting these like flash forwards like he keeps getting these flashes where he sees her mm-hmm. die mm-hmm. and you just start Jedi's don't have nightmares Jason <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Luke has flashes of his friends dying on uh, he feels like his friends are dying in Empire when he's training and he's, he's lost in mm-hmm. the force what if one of the threads as he's seeing her is, uh, the, as soon as he sees her he starts you, you start there what, where did you go just now I saw something what was it it was you dying you know, and and you start this thread where as his love grows, so often, so also does he start being plagued with these yeah. visions of her death. So then, as his feelings, then when you have this whole subplot of him being his guard, then it could shift to something stronger because it's I have to, I have to, 
because mm-hmm. I know she's going to die. Yeah. And then as his feelings for her grow, then the obsession like develops the obsession to keep her alive right. develops on a parallel thread with his love for her to the point where it is they they are so intricately linked they can't be separated. And then you have that conversation with Sidious where you've had visions of her dying. Yes, how do you know? I've had them too. How do I make it stop? Let me tell you the story. What do I have to do? Sure. You know, like it, it's just little things like that. Like what what if we extended that? What yeah, if we spent much, yeah. because it's a great story what you're telling. You're right. It's a it's it's uh, for lack of a better term, it's kind of an awesome love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do anything. What do I have to do? It is it is the English patient. To be <laughs> honest with you, it is the English patient. We we've seen this plot before, and it's a good plot. I will do anything. Yeah, just I guess one of my main questions is if if in fact Padme is all that Anakin cares about, why why does he have these two separate paths he's trying to go down? Like become this all powerful leader and like have his wife. Like why can't he just be like, all right, screw becoming a Jedi. Screw becoming the the biggest all powerful being of all time. I think I'm gonna I want I want to want my wife to live and like that's all that matters. You know, I think there was never got, that moment. Like he always has these two. Yeah, sure. Do I want to be a Jedi or do I want to be with Padme? You know, you can't have both at the same time. He didn't. They didn't force him to make that choice. Really, sure. No, Tried to I, have both. And I think you're right. And doesn't that make uh, you're you're all the way right? I mean, take this continuing thread. Like if we started earlier. And then by the time we get to the Revenge of the Sith, what if Anakin's not even in the Order? Yeah. You know, what if he's running around and he's still kind of helping, but he's basically said, you know, deuces, I'm out of here because I've got to keep her alive and there's got to be a way to do it. So now he's kind of a good guy, but he's at odds at the council. And now Obi-Wan's like, you've got to come back. I'm trying to be a friend. Like, you're right. It's absolutely more compelling. Yeah, that's better. It's 100 percent more compelling. You want to make a Star Wars movie or? (laughs) I... Well, when Kennedy and Abrams and Ryan Johnson <laughs> yeah. hear this podcast, you know, <laughs> we, we give our Twitters out. They can... That's right. Seeing the the Revenge of the Sith really makes me want, um, not want, but makes my mind more open to more films with Ewan as Obi-Wan. Because I feel like there would have been a great story to tell there after Obi-Wan finds out about Darth Vader or yeah. Anakin. And like they have, like while they're still young, he's trying to find Darth. Like because basically, you know, Anakin becomes Darth Vader, and Ewan's in his whole, or Obi Wan's in his whole world, and he tells Padme, "Oh man, you know, he left you. He's become dark. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's he's gone. He can't be helped anymore. We tried. You know, I would have loved to have seen him. All right, I'm going to go try and get him back. Yeah. You know, as Darth yeah. Vader and and Vader telling." obi-wan why he is going to yeah. stay a sith and like that would have been really wouldn't interesting. that be great if there are these series of duels over the cross right of 20 years on all these different planets where like they meet up multiple times one, yeah before. one hunts down the other mm-hmm. you know vader to kill him and obi-wan to be like look yep. there's still time and it's just over and over again they keep colliding on world after world you were the chosen one all that yeah again. yeah man i'd watch the crap out of that it's movie. like they really have that conversation on uh mustafar whatever at the end yeah. whenever the he actually gets burned or becomes um, left for dead. Left yeah. for dead. You know, obviously Obi Wan thinks he is evil, but he probably thinks he's going to die. Doesn't help him. You know, leaves him for dead. Right. Um, we never really find out what happens when he finds out what that Anakin actually survived the yeah. and becomes yeah. Darth Vader. We can rebuild him <laughs> stronger. We have the technology. I think there are allusions to it in A New Hope, where he talks about Darth Vader after they were friends like what he'd become and all that like yeah, yeah. he betrayed the 
I, I don't know what he does according to the lore. As far as I know, as soon as so, Sith is over, he comes and camps out on Tatooine yeah. until Luke's 20. So is it confirmed, oh, I'm asking you to, that the same method of becoming a Jedi is the same method of becoming a Sith. It's just your emphasis. You know what I'm saying? There's not a whole another skill set you need to learn to become no, a, a no. Sith. It's They're all one and the same, really. Yeah. The the dark side, the basically, if you look at it light and dark, the Jedi teach manipulation of the Force through serenity and meditation and being at peace mm-hmm. with everything around you. And the Sith teach, screw that, feel it all, feel the passion, feel the emotion, and be fueled, and be fueled by it. Sure. And within the... Let the anger flow through you. Yeah. And, yeah. and with the... Uh, <laughs> With the, uh, you know, the most telling line is Yoda, is the dark side more powerful? And Yoda responds, uh, quicker, faster, more powerful, no. It's that idea of at the beginning you can get a lot more bang for your buck by letting go of your emotion and just attacking. But if you can spend that lifetime of serenity and meditation, you can become a much more powerful user of the Force because you will have control over it and yourself. Ah, gotcha. So what are some big likes here? Uh, in Revenge of the Sith. I gave my big like. My big like is that dialogue scene between mm, Sidious and one. Anakin. I think my first big light is that I'm already married because after the nerdery of this podcast, <laughs> I might, might have closed the door hey, on Hey, we that. need to make it as nerdy as possible because there are some people that are way nerdier than us that are like yeah. probably screaming at us for getting yeah, things we've, wrong. We've gotten yeah. so many things wrong, I'm sure. I know. I, I should get trolled for not knowing that Jedi code off the top of my <laughs> head. I'm not yeah. going to forgive you How for about that. that Richard? I did find it, though. You need to get that tattooed just so you'll never forget. <laughs> so big likes. Uh Go ahead, uh, Jason. What's a big one? Big thing you liked about Revenge of the Sith? I, I think Obi Wan was finally Obi Wan. Uh, you yeah. know, he's he's affable and powerful and compelling, which are things that I don't know that he was on screen mm. in the first the two films. Time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I remember, yeah, we were we were ready to. Those of my age. We're so excited about the idea of Ewan McGregor as young Obi-Wan. Uh, we loved old Ben. We loved train spotting and some other stuff that McGregor had. So we were very excited to see what he was going to do. Yeah, I think that's overall been the, the main positive with the prequels is that, yeah, Ewan McGregor was pretty good. They cast good in all of them. That was a good cast. Yeah, good so cast. you, but I feel like you finally got to see this awesome Obi-Wan right. in the third one. You know, and it just yeah. took that long. Um, I would say... Uh, I think clumsy or otherwise, they they man, they hit the plot. I mean, take away the no yeah. moment. Yeah. But they but they hit it all. I mean they hit the seduction they yeah. of the dark side, they mm-hmm. hit the conversion. Uh you know, they didn't always square it on the bullseye, but I mean they were somewhere on the dartboard. They didn't hit the wall too many times. Um and I it, it was a movie. Like it it <laughs> was right, an actual, was. well, but it was an actual, like, here's the beginning, here's the end, here are the beats that are going to get there, and it's it's enjoyable and it's watchable. Yeah. Any big likes for you, Brian? I think the last, it's. I mean, it's a solid 45 minutes. It really flows like a Star Wars movie um, with the, you know, you have uh, the execution of, of Order 66 with the clones mm-hmm. trying yeah. to take out That's the awful. Jedi. Mm-hmm. It's very... It would be if that was done with better CGI and or with practical effects, that would really have some 
some emotional pull to it. Um, it doesn't really in this sense, but, yeah, but it would get closer anyway. As a quick aside, imagine spending more time with the Jedi Council yes. instead of the Trade Federation yeah. and then shoot those people in the back right. in the third one. Then Yeah, or if any of those people were people in a costume instead yeah. of, you know. But yeah, that, that could have, that was cool. And you, you move from that into Anakin's big turn and uh, Mace Windu fighting the, the uh, Emperor. And then and all the way powerful. through, and and then the battle between those two, the Anakin and and uh, Obi Wan. I think that's a really, that's a solid forty five minutes or so of action and done in a pretty well way. That, you know, the dialogue is still pretty bad, but otherwise, there's plenty of action movies that we like that have bad dialogue. Yeah. So um, that's not the end of the world. They're all pretty much living their life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> <laughs> that's great dialogue. How dare you? Um, so it, should we stop to play America's favorite? Yeah. Emerging game I show. I think we should definitely. So, Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith. I'm going to start with Brian. I'm going to go. Let's see. What was what was Attack of the Clones? 60? Sixty-five. I'm going to go seventy-three percent. Kent, um, this one is significantly higher. I know that than the other two. So let's go. Let's go B, 80%. Okay. Dang it. <laughs> I was originally going to go 71, then I was going to go 78, so I'm going to push all the way to 86. Oh, I should have listened to your second gut. It's 79%. Oh. I was almost closest to the retail price without going over. That was close. We don't do prices, prices right rules, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something I've always found kind of interesting about this is you never really realize that the Clone War, Clone Army was for good at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, and like how the stormtroopers became bad because of the Jar Jar decision of turn all this over to Darth Sidious, you know, yeah. or whatever. That it's just weird seeing like I don't know, I can't remember if it's specifically in um, in uh, Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith where Yoda's like on the ship that flies down mm. and there it's full of clones and Yoda's like on there with his lightsaber or something yeah, like that's that. That's the end of two. Okay, yeah, yeah that's the end of two. And that's when he says, yeah, the Clone War has begun or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's always just jarring to see, like, oh, they're on the same side. Yeah. And he's yeah. Like, in a like against the battle st- droids. Yeah, against the battle droids. I, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that they explain here, but not very well. Yes. You know, yeah. like, yes. you have to really know that, oh, that's where the Stormtroopers right. came from, you know? Yeah. And it's a cool little iteration. Yeah. Like, I'm interested to see, Jason, that we've talked about it before on the show, about how the First Order comes to be in the new movie. Because yeah. there's such a separation between the, the 30 years between Jedi and, and Force Awakens. I think it's like more of, here's what we know they used to look like, so let's try to make those. Yeah. And that's why they look a little bit different than the original Stormtroopers, you know, because they're kind of like told yeah. from legend or whatever. That was just my and And I'm thought. fascinated, too, because, uh, you know, I've read that one book that yeah. that's, exists in the canon, and it takes place kind of shortly after... The events of Jedi, not like minutes, but like I think within a couple of years at the okay. I can't remember. It says what it is. And we're not really on our way. We're not really sure. on our way to the first order. You know, so it's it's interesting to me too. I'm 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 very curious. I don't know a ton about it. Again, I'm trying to stay as clean as I can. Yeah. Uh but I, I think there's something to that. What did they look like? Yeah. What what were they before and in that idea of you know, I'll, I'll bet it largely plays on to, uh, in the psyche of the people in the film who are experiencing it, um, we were once great, we will be again, we will fashion our order after sure. that which came before. Yeah. I think that's more of it, more of like yeah. 
we don't really, they don't exist anymore, but we know what they were. So we're going to try to recreate that. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's kind of modernized version of, of sure. what we, uh, what we have now. So what we have that happens in revenge of the Sith, uh, Padme ends up having the kids, Luke and Leia, uh, and, uh, they are given away. Of course, one of them is given to Obi-Wan, which is Luke. And Obi-Wan says he's going to take Luke to live with his aunt and uncle, yeah. who we have met previously, yeah. uh, Baru and Owen. They get burned up. <laughs> and then Senator Organa, I believe, takes Leia yeah. to uh, the planet of Alderaan. Nero, yes. And uh, she becomes Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan. And um, meanwhile, Anakin is transforming into Darth Vader. I was always curious growing up and what we see in Return of the Jedi when we see the reveal of Darth Vader without the helmet and he's like this bulbous figure that's all burnt and like, like, how did he get that like that? Yeah. And so this does a good job of explaining how yeah. he became, why he would need the suit in the first place. Yeah. And it all, it's, it's very logical. It's kind of weird to say that, oh yeah, that suit makes sense now. It's very like, his lungs are burnt, so he needs a breathing thing. His skin was burned. His you know, he's basically a robot except for his torso and his head, you know, yeah. um, why he has robot arms and all that. So, you know, it's interesting. And, and I can't source this uh, before the prequels, before episode one came out. Those of us who are nerdy enough, uh, we already knew that that's how it went down. Really? Yeah. The we, volcano? Well, we didn't know about that, but we knew that he had been in a fight that Obi-Wan left him for dead. And I'm 90% sure we knew that lava, a lava field was involved. That we How was that? To life. Man, I can't remember. I don't know. I, I don't remember, but I can tell you this, and this isn't, this isn't me. I knew that, too, for some reason. This isn't me backtracking and, like, pretending I knew something, something I didn't. But I remember in high school, uh, something in the expanded lore was already out before the prequels were even written or produced. Weird. Where we knew that at some point in time, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader had a duel where he left Anakin Skywalker for dead and he had to put on the suit thereafter. It, it's out there. Like, hmm. I don't know if it was from an interview, if it's from a book, uh, but that was known as canon hmm. before the prequels came out. And I, I wish I could I wish I could source that for you. But all I can tell you is that teenage jason who existed well before the prequels came out <laughs> teenage jason knew that they had been in a fight and that Obi-Wan yes, was dead. i knew it <laughs> um no i i just i just found that interesting yeah. i think the entire thir- last scene is great um after that we get the reveal of you know he becomes Darth Vader for the first time puts the helmet on for the first time it's like did did she make it no yeah. she she's no. dead no. we get that that's stupid but yeah. we understand and then, uh, of course, I, I just love the ceiling of the helmet and the yeah, the, the breathing the, the coming off for the first the sound, time. Is yeah, great. Oh, yeah, the sound it's is fantastic. So it's very it's bone chillingly great. Like yeah. like storyboarded perfectly mm-hmm. and exactly how you would have pictured it in your brain uh, mm-hmm. coming together. Yeah. And so great execution there. Great and, execution. Yeah. Um, and thank you, George, for that. Yeah. <laughs> so Definitely. final thoughts on Revenge of the Sith. There's not much to talk about because not much happens except. Right. A lot of dialogue. A lot of, uh, <laughs> a, a lot of dialogue on, on why Anakin should become a Sith. What his motivations were for that. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that is good and worth revisiting before yeah. you see any other Star Wars movies. And, and yeah. you know, it's required viewing for any true fan of the sure. of the series. I would say the lightsaber fights in this one are much better than Episode mm-hmm. Two. 
and toned down actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. it seems a little more realistic. The Yoda spinning battle fight is much. It seems much more. It seems like a necessary part of the plot. Whereas in Episode Two, it felt like well. Time for Yoda to fight with the lightsaber, yeah. you know, yeah. and that just felt so so weak and lame. But well, I think Mace Windu, that especially over... um, yeah. that fight with Emperor is really good, and that leads to several. I mean, th- that stuff. It's a very, it's much more physical than, than either of the other prequels, I think, and it it works pretty well. Yeah. Well, and there's something there's good storytelling in the technique, you know, because Yoda goes into it knowing he's overmatched, but he's like, well, I got to take a run at this, yeah, you know, and he does get beat, and then when Mace shows up, he's like. No, I'm. Yeah, Daddy's home. Yeah, you know, like he's not. He's not intimidated. He knows he is superior. Yeah, and and he just gets betrayed. Like there's there's interesting little stories told, just in the ways that the fighter fights are approached. They're very well done. Yeah. What about the the death of Mace Windu? He's a guy a character who really does nothing for the entire prequel. I know. Then we but somehow we're supposed to feel angry <laughs> that he's dead. Like hand not. first too, a little foreshadowing. Yeah. There. Yeah. I felt angry. Yeah, he says yeah. the same line that Darth Sidious says to. Anakin about Count Dooku or whatever he's too dangerous to be kept alive or whatever. Yeah, he says that about or Mace says that about uh, the Emperor. Right. Like don't yeah. like kill the Emperor now. He's too, too dangerous. Then he spares the Emperor and kills Mace, and that was a big letdown for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone wanted him to kill uh, the Emperor instead. Um, that's all I got on Revenge of the Sith. Right on time. Right on time, exactly an hour. I think it's uh, interesting close. that that's that's the one that the most happens, but it's the least we can really talk about because it's all very, it's like one or two or three things, and then we're, we're it's because you know what's going to happen before yeah. you see the movie. Yeah. yeah, but it's also it's a more focused movie than either of the other two prequels. Sure. Are, I think, and that makes it better. I think he's kind of boxed in by his own logic of the original trilogy, yeah. so he's able to succeed more. Yeah. Whereas he has a lot more freedom in the first two. Yeah. I have one quick question for you, Kent. Yeah. Because you've got you've got the inside track on the commentaries and mm-hmm. whatnot. Uh, I'd be curious to know now that we're wrapping up talk on the prequels. I'd be curious to know how much of three was in stone before he started filming. Because you already mentioned that Grievous, he didn't know what he was. So did he conceive and write Grievous sometime after episode two? Or I know that uh, he came up with the droid factory sequence. Like in the middle of filming the movie, yeah, when uh, the Attack of the Clones, and I know that Grievous wasn't around. I think, like I said, I think what he had in his mind was uh, was the second, you know, the second half to maybe last quarter of of uh, Revenge of the Sith is what he knew to be Star Wars, the part of the story, like Obi Wan or, mm-hmm. or Anakin betraying Obi Wan and him becoming Darth Vader. The part that you knew before this came out, yeah, what it, he it knew. existed. Um, I don't know. Um, I really think, like, especially with Phantom Menace, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if uh, Anakin actually built C three PO? You know, yeah. things like that. And just how many of those can we throw in here? <laughs> yeah. And for the fanboys to say, uh, I knew it. This was connected. You know, this is oh, all. Right. Me- this is part of it. Um, I really think it's this is all he had, but he wanted to make it a trilogy. And uh, that's what he did. Yeah. I know after the, I can't remember exactly. This has always been a part of. He talks my, about the Clone Wars in in uh, right. the New Hope. I mean, yeah, all that I was think there, he but. had a, a vision for a bit. This has always been part of my Star Wars brain. Mm-hmm. That, and I don't know where I where when it was explained to me or whatever. But that he he at least said publicly that he had a vision for 
three trilogies that mm-hmm. the middle is what we started with and then the beginning and and the end and i think you can see that in in some of the especially in the original trilogy of little touches that reference movies that haven't been created yet and but i think i think he had some sort of a general outline for all nine movies and whether or not how detailed that was i i yeah. don't know but there was something there at least he publicly claimed that it was and that wasn't like mid 90s he said it like i, I remember for, that from, from the beginning when i was a like a kid Me kid too. that my you know, my mom or my dad had said you know well, he was supposed well, to do it's episode because i remember just being so like why can't we have you know it was more a, movies he called and, it episode four and mm-hmm. wasn't joking right it wasn't like leonard part eight or whatever that movie is with cosby yeah. you know yeah yep so let's uh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say I only say that because we we had a rousing discussion on paying off things that were never really set up, and mm. I wonder if part of that was because he didn't know what he was going to pay off in episode three when he started in episode one. I don't think he had a clear vision <laughs> at yeah. all. You know, I I keep referencing Harry Potter when we talk about this stuff, but that's one of the the reasons why those books and the movies are so good is because I think she had a very clear, not just here's point A and here's point B, but here's pretty much everything that happens between those two points and this is how we're going to get there and so it was all very well thought out and mapped out and stuff i think this this is star wars at least the prequels has always come across as like i've got a and i've got b and then between there i've got some little milestones that i want to get to but i don't really know how we're gonna gonna get there and that can be done really well uh george r R. martin is a great example of you know, he talks about how sometimes he just he just writes, and sometimes he intends it to go this way. But two characters get into a room together, and he realizes, well, if Jason and Brian were in the same room together, Jason would kill Brian, and that's the end of it. And then, so yeah. now I got to go a different direction. So there's ways that you can do it. I just don't think he had a very, I don't think he had a great vision for how yeah. to get from point A to point B. If that makes sense, it does. And let's say grades for uh, Revenge of the Sith. I'll give this a B plus. I'm a B plus as well. I think it's by far the best of this. I'll go B plus as well. Uh, definitely an F then. <laughs> Just a, no, uh, I. You know, I was gonna say. B pl- I'm pushing to B just because you all said B plus, just so that it's a little bit different. But I think B plus is about right. Like yeah. it really is. It's, it's a it's, solid franchise film. It, it is. It's uh, it's it's no uh, Citizens Kane. Right. Citizen Kane, well, but it's also not yeah. blended. This would fit great in like the Hunger Games, you know, yeah. or something like that. Like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that it is. Un- it has the unfortunate footing of having lofty to base itself on lofty expectations and dealing with gosh. These last two movies have not been good. How do we get out of yeah. this? So, I think so. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, where can I find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 Jason, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter as well at jdavidson214. Hey, Richard, if I went to looking, where would I track you down? Uh, well, physically, um, I can't legally say, but uh, <laughs> online at Richard Barden. Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find our show on Twitter at MAM underscore podcast. Find our show on Facebook. Just search Mad About Movies Podcast. Find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes. Until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. See ya. Adios, muchachos. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe
but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Mm -hmm. 